This podcast is dedicated to the memory of David Faraday, Betty Lou Jensen, Darlene Farron, Cecilia Shepard, and Paul Stein, and to Michael Mejo and Brian Hartnell. This is Zodiac Speaking, a classic gunpoint Family podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia. I don't necessarily like talking about the conspiracy theories that form around the Zodiac for a bunch of reasons. One, I kind of feel it's disrespectful to the victims. And as anyone who's paid attention since the beginning, I really want that to be one of the things that sets Zodiac speaking apart. But more importantly... I think some of them are just wrong, and occasionally even victim-blaming. One such example is the Faraday-Jensen killings, where at least one cop and a number of amateur sleuths, and one relatively well-known writer on Zodiac who claims that all the letters are fakes, that there was no Zodiac killer, really, that it was a series of murders, and I don't completely discredit that. But the idea is that somehow David Faraday had gotten knowledge of a major drug shipment coming in and had been talking about it at school. And someone who had the ability found out and killed him. That's not outside the realm of possibility. The drug culture in San Francisco itself was huge but not well known for its violence. While much of the North Bay drug scene was much harder, there were a lot more bikers involved, for example, and truckers. And that was a rougher scene, and there were some murders involved with that. And if I ever can get access for free to the Vallejo Times-Herald, I'm going to try and document all of that. But where it gets interesting, and in all serial killer, pretty much all murder cases, there is a common thread of coincidence. And in this case, the Faraday-Jensen case, it mostly falls around Faraday and a schoolteacher from Salinas named Donald Hardin and his wife Betty. Devotees of Zodiac will know the name because they were the two who cracked the 408 cipher, the longest, most incomprehensible cipher, uh, and the only one that was fully cracked. These two are the most important figures of the sort of the secondary figures, and they, you know, figuring out the cipher was a big deal. But here's where it gets interesting. If you listen to the last episode, you'll know that David Faraday's father lived in Salinas. Donald Hardin lived in Salinas. The only person who has cracked any of the Zodiac ciphers, the couple, Betty and Donald, lived and taught in the city where, so far as we understand, I guess, the first Zodiac killing happened, where their father lived. Not a gigantic coincidence, but Hardin isn't good for the crime, as far as I'm concerned. There are lots of arguments on Facebook groups and the internet that go otherwise, but I take them with a grain of salt. 
But two of the coincidences here that are very interesting, one, no one else has come close to cracking any of the Zodiac ciphers except for the Hardens. We know geographically they have a connection. Faraday, his father, and Salinas. The other interesting thing is the four canonical Zodiac murders all took place at times when there was no school, except for the first one, which Salinas, Salinas North High School, I think, was in session on the 20th. But that was the beginning of break. That was the last day of school. And easily a drive from Salinas to Benicia could happen in three, three and a half hours. Maybe four. There is zero evidence for this. None. And that would make Jensen merely at the wrong place at the wrong time. Where it doesn't add up, of course, is there's no evidence that they were followed. If you look at the first episode we did on Faraday and Jensen, there was reports of a car that was not likely the one that pulled next to them, the white Impala. But it doesn't appear that they were followed, nor that that was the car that the shooter used. That could have been a scouting car, of course, and the killer used a different car. But we, again, conjecture. This is going to be the last episode about Faraday and Jensen for a while. Because we have a lot of ground to cover, and I'm really going to focus a lot on Maggio Farron, and particularly Hartnell Shepard, the second and third canonical murder. We'll have a lot more to talk about that in a little bit. But what's interesting about this pair of murders is the fact that it was a big deal. It was a splash. But it wasn't until the July 4th murders that apparently the killer made any attempt to tie himself to it. So far as we know, there were no connection, no announcement, nothing, until the phone call and the letter that followed Majo and Farron on July 4th, which is one of the reasons why I'm not completely discounting the multiple killer theory, nor do I completely discount Sherry Jo Bates' The Riverside Attack. We'll talk about that well down the line. But there's a lot of questions that make me wonder why there were no... If the Zodiac wrote the letters, and I think there is good solid evidence that he did, then why not claim this? And there's a lot of questions as to, you know, why that would be. But here's an interesting note. Two very interesting notes, I think. One, the kill might have been enough. If he is a so-called thrill killer, the thrill of that initial kill might have been absolutely enough to satisfy him. But then as the panic washed away, as it all changed, and he became... A nameless entity. He had to invent a way to keep himself in the spotlight. And that would explain why so many of the letters are really about him demanding fame. That, that I can sort of see. But the second thing that becomes much, much, much more complicated is if you look at Zodiac as a figure, Zodiac was never more powerful than following the Faraday Jensen murder. And I hear many of you cry out, well, that's not at all true. The entire Bay Area was in a panic following the second and particularly the third murders. Had Zodiac stopped with the initial killing, there would have been nothing. There would have been no way ever he would have been caught. 
It just wouldn't have happened. I'd almost go so far as to say it couldn't have happened. Zodiac made himself a figure living on the edge of capture, potentially with the letters and his more brazen attacks. And I'm absolutely saying that the, the Blue Rock Springs attack was brazen, but Paul Stein, I'd argue, was frankly reckless. He wanted to live on the edge of capture, and there was no way to not. He couldn't have been captured with what happened at Lake Herman Road. They didn't have enough, and he knew it. But part of the reaction to the Faraday-Jensen murders, one, the Hogan High School reward fund that was gathered. And I understand that there were several different funds that were put together to provide rewards of relatively substantial amounts. There were, I am not 100% certain on this, but I have been told, and I remember when I went to a, what we today would call probably a meetup, but it was one of the Usenet groups had organized in, I think it was 98, maybe a little later, a gathering of, and I want to say it may have been even December 98, there was a gathering of people who were involved with the case. A couple of the uh, detectives were there. Uh, one of the, actually the most fascinating person, as far as I'm concerned, was a doctor who had worked on, uh, I think it was Hartnell, but it was definitely the Hartnell-Shepard case. And they talked about the various issues and so forth. Uh, what is fascinating isn't the, isn't just that the entire place went into lockdown, but there were things like major, I don't know if it was the cops or it was an ad hoc sort of community policing thing where they would drive up and down some of the back roads uh, in Benicia and Vallejo. Uh, that was one of the indications that was at that conference that I will never forget was someone saying how they were driving up and down Lake Herman Road once a night around midnight every night. But I haven't found any uh, note of that over the past couple of years in any of the research I've been doing. One of the interesting things that I really like is the number of people who are looking at the response, not only by police, but by the response by not only the cops, but by the community. And this also wasn't the only crime. There was a lot of crime going on in and around Benicia, but murder was still pretty darn rare. But you'll see in the I want to say it was on the 21st. There was also a note about a kidnapping that had taken place in the city. I might have actually been in Vallejo. You'll see a lot of references to drug crimes and so forth. And I've got to find a way to get all of the good newspapers. Um, not just the, not just the reactions to the crimes, but more broad based what was happening in Vallejo and Benicia, and in San Francisco also. This was a very dark episode, and it changed Benicia and Vallejo forever. And once we get into the sort of the heart of the killings that happened in 69, we will sort of see how this affected everyone and changed the entire way that the Bay Area operated. Thanks for listening to Zodiac Speaking. I'm Chris Garcia. If you could, please rate, review on Apple Podcasts. Send us a note. Johnny Eponymous, J-O-H-N-N-Y-E-P-O-N-M-O-U-S 
at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to talk theories. If you have any thoughts on the victims, feel free to come here. Maybe we'll do an interview. Very much going to take a bit of time off coming up. I might get one or two episodes of the Maggio Farron series done, uh, but pretty much from April 19th through the end of May, there won't be much. And I might post some blog stuff on the website, zodiacspeaking.weebly.com. And I'm hoping I can get a solid amount of detail out about what the plans are for the rest of the year. Because I'm expecting and fully planning on dealing with the four canonical attacks through the end of 2018 and going into more in-depth topical stuff for 2019. And there are some plans afoot for December 20th to go to the Lake Herman Road site for a memorial. Uh, I've only read a few things about it. I will keep you all posted. I'll almost certainly be there because it's 50 years that the Zodiac has loomed over us all. Thanks for listening.